Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughters' lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. You know, every week we go on a journey together. It's a great opportunity for us to be able to delve deeper into what it means to be a dad, but really what it means to be a dad to a daughter. And every one of us has had a different experience. That's the great thing about being a dad, but also the great thing about being able to connect with other dads, because there is no true manual to being a great dad, but there are tons of examples of great fathers. So it is a great opportunity every week for us to sit down together, but really a great opportunity for us to be able to meet other dads. And that's what I love doing every week. And this week, we got two great guests that are joining us because we're going to be, and we're going to be learning from them more about their own journey as father and daughter. You know that every once in a while, I, I, I do have the opportunity to bring on a father and a daughter, and I'm really excited to be able to do that again this week. This week, I'm bringing you Rena Friedman-Watts and her father, Wayne, and we're going to be talking about their own journey together, but also about a podcast that they do together called Better Call Daddy, and we're going to talk about that as well. So I'm really excited to have both Rena and Wayne with us. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. This is so much fun. I feel like our shows go together. Definitely do. I'm really excited to have you both here. Now, Wayne, I'm going to I'm going to jump right in because one of the things that I love to do is turn the clock back in time. And we can't do that truly. We can't go back in a time machine, but I would love to go back in time and pick your brain a little bit. So, thinking back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter, what was going through your head? Well, I had nine names of boys and one name of a girl. So, uh I guess we had to use that girl name first. <laughs> And that's where Rena Joy joined our world. Now, I talked to a lot of dads, and a lot of dads talk about that as they entered into fatherhood, especially being a father to a daughter, they entered in with some fear, some fear. A lot of times it seems like it's some fear of the unknown, but uh, but I guess for you, what was your biggest fear in raising a daughter? Well, I was willing to have really many children. My daughter can testify to that as well. So having sons and daughters was always going to be part of the equation. I wanted to have a large family. I come from a family where, unfortunately, a lot of disasters occurred where on my mom's side, the Nazis had uh, killed most of her family. And really, part of our show is a legacy show and rebuilding our family. And what's happened is that having daughters and sons, of course, I wanted to have some sons too. I have three daughters. So that kind of changed the pace. But I think a father has to work a little harder with daughters because they have to really set an example to daughters because you want to be able to give them the right male example, not just being the father, but you want them to be able to have relationships with men when they grow up. And the way they're being treated by their father is usually a big example for the future of how they're going to have relationships for years to come. So it's really, a, I think, a very big responsibility that a father has if he has daughters. And if you want them to be able to have children and be able to raise a family, 
and to rebuild your family and your people. You have to be able to, you don't always get it right as you're going along, but you better figure it out because if you want to be able to keep your faith and you want to be able to keep your family strong, you got to be able to do the right things. So a follow-up to that, because you said you kind of have to figure it out. Now, how did you figure it out? What did you have to do to be able to set yourself up for success in being a dad to three daughters? Well, I think, at least in my case, I had really uh, excellent uh, example from my grandparents and my parents. And I think my mom was really pretty understanding in Rena's case, who came along first uh, when we were very young and was really helped also to be a role model. And I think that, again, grandparents can play an enormously positive effect on children if they're around and have them participate because you're getting, again, that generational experience and outreach and love. And I think the more love that you get from your family, it makes the job a lot easier finding your way through the maze of life. It sounds like you had a good support network, a good support network helping you along the way as you had your kids and were raising your kids. I would say so. And I think not everyone has that network, but having encouragement, enthusiasm, having good mentors, I think is important for both sexes if you want them to be able to be the best that they can be. Now, raising daughters is not always an easy thing. I've got two teenagers in my own house, and I know what it's like having teenagers, and and you went through those processes. What would you say was the hardest part for you in raising daughters? Well, you know, if they were boys and some of the things or stunts that they pull, I did them myself. You don't feel that concerned. But if the girls are doing it, and at least in my case, you're up all night, you're wondering where they are, you want them to check in because you believe that they are more vulnerable to where their lives can be in just a second or two could possibly be destroyed. So uh, I think, at least in my case, I was a little overprotective and yet still wanted them to have every experience and be able to experience things themselves, because sometimes that's still the best lesson in life is being able to experience it yourself. So with having three daughters, you have to develop those unique relationships with each child because every child's a little bit different and you can't father the same way for every child because they're unique in their own ways. What would you say are some of the things that you love to share most with each of your daughters? Well, that's a very good point. You have to be able to, and I'm sure this applies to sons too, but you have to be able to find out what they're interested in and what they're good at. Yes, you can try very hard to have your own input and tell them what you'd like them to be. But really what you have to do is you have to follow up and make sure that they are happy and encouraged to do what they want to do and what they want to achieve. You want to be able to leave a path where they can participate in whatever they want to do and that you're there and you're behind it. Rena was very good at music and we pursued giving her every opportunity to be able to do music and even to get into a, a music school. My middle daughter, Jessica, was very, very good in art. And you have to be able to participate and be able to go to art shows, encourage her to continue to learn and develop her skills in, in art. And yet the, the little one was very good in acting. It didn't quite work out. And all of a sudden she picked up playing chess and became the, uh, the Kentucky State Woman Champion. And her team in high school went to nationals and finished higher than 
any team that that I had participated in with where I won a lot of championships in high school and in college and her team just did terrific and she had some wonderful individual honors also where where she was the first girl to actually win or tie for first for the Louisville individual championship her senior year which is just incredible for a, a girl to achieve and be able to compete with the boys and not only compete with them be able to come out on top and be the number one ranked a player in a tournament that's always been won by boys. So believe it or not, to me, that was one of my greatest victories was seeing her win. And when you do that, where your accomplishments can play second fiddle to your children's accomplishments, I think that that's also a very encouraging sign where they see how important them achieving and winning and participating and being able to make it out there in this world is what I think a good father is supposed to do. And at least that's the effort that was taught to me. And hopefully I've passed that on to them. Rena, for you, what would you say is one of the most memorable moments that you and your dad have shared together? Oh my gosh, so many. I actually just really enjoyed his responses. It's so interesting to hear you ask him these questions. I feel like he might even respond to you differently than he would respond to me. So that is so cool. I guess when you initially just asked me that question, I just bought myself a little more time. Did you see that? I was thinking about, I got to sing in Carnegie Hall twice and that was special and amazing for my family to be able to attend, not just my dad, but our extended family. I think that was a pretty proud moment. I guess a lot of my most proud moments have kind of been around music, like you mentioned, because that was a big part of something that I achieved. I also sang the Star Spangled Banner at a basketball game, which I was completely terrified of doing. My mom came up there with a big old 1980s video camera on her shoulder and, and videoed that. I was not happy about it, but now I'm glad she did it. Those were some big moments for me of overcoming fear and also not giving up. I got into a youth performing arts school on the second try, the first time I auditioned and I didn't get in. And my dad went to bat for me and said to the head of the music department, what does my daughter have to do to get in? And I'll help her do that. And so I took music lessons and singing lessons, and I learned how to sight read music, which I didn't know how to do when I first auditioned. And I took singing lessons for four years, all through high school. And I pretty much wanted to quit the entire time. And since my dad had gone to the head of the music department and gotten me that second audition, I was like, I can't quit. So just like my dad, starting from behind and finishing in the front, that was the metaphor that my dad used to get me in. He said, you know, my daughter might start from behind like the outside horse, but she's going to finish in the front. And so I stuck with the music lessons. I really did want to be at that school, even though I had faced that first rejection. And I'm glad that I stuck it out because I was surrounded by extremely talented individuals. And when you surround yourself by people who are better than you, it really takes you to another level. You hear your dad answering these questions, Rena, I guess, especially being from a family of two other sisters. Talk to me about the vying for attention and what you had to do to be able to maintain that relationship with your dad when you're also having to compete, in a way, for the attention from your siblings? I think we are probably still competing. I mean, we all blow my dad's phone up daily. How did I compete for my dad's attention? Well, I started a podcast with him. I'm sure they're jealous of that. But I tried chess. It wasn't for me. I didn't have the attention span for it. 
I did enjoy going to the tournaments because it was special time with dad. And we used to stop on the road and do Waffle House or we'd stop at different restaurants together. And I enjoyed that time. So I guess that was competing for his attention. Although my sister one-upped me because she actually got good at it. I would say the podcast is really like, not only is it competing with my sister's time, but it's competing with my mother's time. She's like, she's had enough. I think of me calling at 9 p.m. and I'm like, dad, I need a reaction to this story. So tell me about the podcast because, you know, you did start a podcast with your dad, Better Call Daddy. And let's go back to the beginning. Tell me a little bit about the idea and what made you decide that you not only wanted to start a podcast just in general, but that you wanted to start something where you brought your dad into the mix of this and have, have him be a part of it too. Yeah, it's such a great question. I had worked in radio in college and really enjoyed that. It really sparked something in me where, you know, when I was, after I was reading the news and weather at night, I was making recordings of myself singing over artists that I liked. I was making air check tapes. I was getting super creative. And then about five years ago, somebody that I connected with through LinkedIn that we had a lot in common together, he was actually looking for somebody to book guests on his show. So I started off booking guests and I helped his ratings go up. And then he was like, it would be interesting to have your perspective. It's just two guys on the show. Would you be interested in co-hosting? So I ended up co-hosting another podcast for a bit, about six, seven months. Then his wife had another baby and went through postpartum and that show ended. But again, then I ended up working for a couple podcasters and booking hard to reach guests on other people's shows like Howard Schultz, Barbara Corcoran. Derek Sivers, some very hard to reach people. And then I was like, Hey, I've been doing this for others for a bit. Like, why shouldn't I do it myself? And then I was thinking, well, if you're going to have a co-host, if you're going to have somebody who's going to support you, it better be somebody who's not going to back out. And my dad has always been my right hand. Like even when I was producing the Jerry Springer show, I'm calling my dad when I can't get booked. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to get my show off? How am I going to get these people on stage? How am I going to get enough stories? He's like, you'll do it. You'll figure it out. It always comes together. And then when I was producing a 350 person event in California and I was seven months pregnant, my dad was out in California meeting a colleague. He's like, I'm extending my trip. He's like, I'll put out the snacks. I'll move the table. Like my dad, he's the guy that shows up for me. He's my biggest cheerleader. So I was like, he'd make an awesome addition to a show because We have this real special relationship that I feel like can't be duplicated. So my idea, truthfully, was kind of going back to my Jerry Springer roots where I could book these interesting stories and interesting people and show my casting and marketing abilities. And then instead of Jerry Springer doing the final thought, my dad can do it. Like he could add his two cents or he can reflect upon the episode and we can talk about how it relates to our life and Better Call Daddy was born. So Wayne, tell me about your initial reaction when you got that call from Rena and what your thoughts were on this project. Well, I think she summed it up pretty well, is that whatever she wanted to do and sometimes working around the clock for other people is really a lesson when you learn how to do every operation is really molding you to be able to go out there in the world and be your own entrepreneur and do it for yourself. And I told her that the advice that I give her would be applicable to to others, that we could maybe share the commentary, and you could be able to hopefully be able to put together your own show, and that I was 100% behind her. And I was really quite honored that she thought that my advice and my experiences 
that have helped her so much could help other people. And as you can tell, whatever she wants to do, I'm on board and want her to be able to reach for the stars and the planets out there. And I'm happy to take the ride too. Wayne, I know that you get the final say. And there's been some interesting guests that Rena's had on the show that have talked about some pretty unique topics. What's been your favorite or what's been the one that you're like, what the heck am I talking about? Well, I think that that is really what's unique about the show is that there is a fabric that, and again, I don't necessarily have a favorite show, but the idea is that the the emotion of people being able to rise above some of their hard experiences and adversities and being able to elevate themselves to a higher level and show how the connection or the disconnect between how they were raised and how their pathway of having to overcome different things. And for me to add on and try to keep it in a legacy format of how you see the future and what you would want to do with your children is really the most enjoyable part of the show is being able to, again, you know, just like a fairy tale story where you want to be able to have a happy ending and be able to give the type of advice or commentary of what reality really is and whether their story really jives. And yet we want to be able to do it where we're not insulting, but we also want it to be real. We want it to be genuine and where it's not just a put on show. I'm really pretty proud of that. And as Rena would testify, that there's one guest that wanted to actually put his seed throughout the world and, and create some type of family of generations of himself where he's passing on and giving people an opportunity to have children and then have these reunions. When the fact is, is that he failed at taking care of his own little family and was really quite irresponsible. And yet he thought he was godlike. And it turns out that you sometimes learn from these shows and learn from other people's experience as well and can really give you a new perspective of really, it's like a fascinating deliverance where you think one thing and then you have to all of a sudden scratch your head and say, you know something, I understand that even though it sounds wonderful, it's really terrible. And just like something that sounds really terrible, where she had a guest on there that was really overwhelmed and she ended up having an abortion where it gives you some further insight to the other side of an issue that you might not necessarily agree with. But by understanding what people go through on such a personal uh, basis and a real basis, I would like to think that what I'm gaining out of this show is a little taste of two cents of wisdom that I then achieve with the show. And isn't that what it's all about also, is that we can all learn from each other and brainstorm from each other and hopefully mature and grow. And all of us have an opportunity to have a little taste of wisdom. Arena, as I said, your dad gets the last say on your shows. And as he said, he's learning. But what are you learning from your dad in his responses on every episode? Or what's been the biggest piece of learning that you've taken out of the episodes that he's been a part of? To be honest, sometimes I am surprised by his responses. And just like he was talking about, you know, we had a sperm donor daddy. I think it was a sperm donor dad to like 23 children. And we talked about abortion. I mean, me and my dad would, wouldn't have had those conversations otherwise. So a lot of the subjects that have been 
introduced to us that have come our way have been subjects that I wouldn't have even thought to have covered. So I would say the biggest things I've learned are his perspectives on topics that I have never had a conversation with him about. And it's also interesting to see his perspective change based upon how he relates to the individual. I thought that that was so cool. Like the one who went through the abortion, he met her in person. We did a live studio shoot with her. I had produced a healthcare podcast and she was a guest on that show. And then we really hit it off behind the scenes. I was like, you're such an amazing person and an amazing storyteller. I would like to know more of your personal story. You want to come on my show? And before I left Chicago, my dad was in town for a family event and he got to meet some of my guests. And when you meet people and you see who they are and you know different sides of them, oh, the story just goes so much deeper. And also your understanding of their circumstances goes deeper. So to directly answer your question, what have I learned about my dad? That he's he's such a compassionate person. I mean, I knew that, but he's also willing to change his opinion. And what else is really, really cool is when my guests look forward to getting my daddy's approval or his wisdom or his perspective. That was just an added bonus that I didn't expect. Like my dad's reaction has actually made people cry or has affirmed them or has helped them in some way. And and that is truly awesome. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into. Typically, it's just our fathers that are on, but we've got both of you on. So I'm going to ask both of you a little bit here to be able to get both of your takes. Rena, I'm going to start with you on this one. And I'm going to then we'll let Wayne go. In one word, what is fatherhood? Continuous. <laughs> I would say fatherhood is continuous. It never stops. Well, I certainly agree with that. You have set the right example because children and even adults, I don't think any of us like hypocrisy. So you have to be consistent and you have to show that you are able to mature your emotions to a higher level. And if you don't, your children at some point will say, hey, you know, he's just a drunk or he's just a this or he's just a that. And I have to be able to move on and make my own life. And the fact that I think, like I said, which is part of the theme of our show, we want it to be able to have where your children are part of you and where they continue on your ideals, your lessons that you've given, where, the, where it goes from one generation to another. And you can only do that if you're consistent and you do the right job of being the right kind of father. And I'd like to, again, reiterate that that's where... My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, and this is on both sides of the family, were really tremendous examples where our family's been able to survive all of the pluses and minuses and hardships through thousands of years. We, go, we date back on my mom's side to Joshua Ben Nun, who was handed the controls of the ship, basically, from Moses, okay? So we've been doing this for many, many generations. And on my father's side, they were in a small town near Kiev in the Ukraine and were having trouble with the Russians for hundreds of years until finally they were really expelled and had to come to America. The tremendous willpower and example of the fathers on both sides of the family is really the precedent 
that needs to be continued, I think. Now, Wayne, when was the time that you finally felt that you succeeded in being a father to a daughter? That's a good question, because I don't really know if the job is ever done. So I would like to think that I am succeeding, but I know that life can take a a terrible turn at any time, and no matter what we do. So when it comes to success or the result of just like uh, playing football or playing uh, in a chess tournament, you'd like to really uh, wait till the game is over before you sing. (laughs) You know what I mean? You really like to hope that you can live your life where there's no end to it and uh, that there's a continuum, as my daughter wisely stated. So I don't know how you can really measure the success until the story has been told. Arena, what about you? When was the time that you felt that your dad really succeeded in being a a dad to a daughter? I was just thinking that there's very few times where he gets off the phone with me. And I feel like that takes a lot. And also, he's the same way taking care of his own parents. I mean, my grandma, he's taking care of her right now. He, he just flew to Florida. You know, she's cried wolf a couple times. <laughs> we all do it. And he's such a loyal soldier. He's such a loyal husband and father and son. And my kids take notice to that. So I would say that that's a big success. So you have two sisters. How would you and your sisters describe your dad? I would describe my dad as loyal, as caring, as a man who's not afraid to show his emotions, which I think is beautiful. And I think that I found a husband with similar qualities. I mean, I'm not saying that I married my father, but I definitely found a guy who is emotional and hardworking and What's interesting is that my husband came from a broken home. And I know in a lot of your episodes, it seems like a lot of men who are great fathers can sometimes become that way because they don't want to be like the fathers that they had, or they're overcoming something. So they choose to be different. I feel like I found a good guy like my dad who didn't necessarily have what my dad had with his father. But I did see in him that he was an overcomer and that he was an outlier. And my dad has always beat to his own drum and kind of been an outlier. So they had that in common. You know, my dad's a romantic and my dad has so many good qualities. But I would say the ones that jump out the most is his dedication to the people around him. And Wayne, who inspires you to be a better dad? Oh. Like I said, I got some very good uh, mentors where I was very fortunate how much I was loved by my grandparents. My grandfather used to let me come over. Uh, he'd take me to camp in the Catskills and spend uh, you know a few weeks at his place in Brooklyn. My other grandfather had a little place out in uh, Orange Lake in uh, Newburgh and take me to some of the card games that he was uh, attending and and be able to talk to me about the things that he overcame in his life. And my grandmother, uh, after he had passed away, you know, used to have me in for vacation time also in Miami Beach. The funny part is, is that, and my, my other grandmother lived with us for a while because she had gotten sick. The, the stories and the love and the attention that I got from previous generations, I had some wonderful coaches and teachers that really took a liking to me and really helped me be a better person. 
the encouragement, the mentorship, really, as uh, Rena's stated, is that you become really uh, uh, dedicated uh, when other people help you, where you want to do the same thing. You want to make it the story where it's not just about yourself, but the more people that you include in your network, the more people that you reach out to and see other people excel, you really get a great feeling. So there's some people that like to take and sometimes even take advantage of other people. And yet there are other people who like to give and give and see the far reach of of how many people that they can affect in a positive way. I'm more in that camp where I just get thrilled that even, you know, we ran a factory of hundreds of people and how they were able to make a success with us. And some people, after they left our shop, with the development and the training that they got, where they also were able to run successful businesses of their own is really quite an achievement that they made. But I feel like we're part of that achievement as well, where we helped create plenty of entrepreneurs ourselves. It's quite rewarding when other people have an experience with you and do really well. And we had our family picnics and everything and seeing all the kids and, and the fathers and the mothers where we all would get along like family, I think is what it's all about. And that's what really makes a good father is to show that having family participation and walking the walk, not just talking the talk, is the part of being a successful father, husband, son, and grandson is uh, really uh, the generational legacy that we're trying to achieve. Wayne, you've given a lot of piece of advice today. As we finish up, what's one piece of advice that you would give to all dads? I think the number one word is patience. You have to have patience and you have to be able to understand that, that it's not an easy job, that we're going to make mistakes. And we have to really make sure that we don't make them where they're too big, where we can really be detrimental or participate in destroying your own life, but certainly the lives of your children. I was just thinking that through the pandemic, people have become very lonely. And if we can help more people feel seen and feel heard and create more of a community, that that needs to be done more. And how can each of you do that? I know that you've created a Facebook group for dads with daughters. And I love the theme of your show and you're helping really spread wisdom and and create a community and helping more people feel seen and heard. I feel like everybody needs to try to do that in their own way. So I would encourage you if you're tempted to do that. I know, you know, you invited your friends and your neighbors and your relatives, and that's what my Facebook started out as, right? Like help the people around you. I guarantee you there are opportunities in your inbox or people that have reached out to you where you're like, oh, I should, but later, right? Like maybe revisit those things. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to both of you for being here today, for being a part of our show. But Arena, if people want to find out more about Better Call Daddy, where should they go? Bettercalldaddy.com. And they can connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram, Rena Friedman Watts, Twitter, Rena Rena. That's Rena with two E's. Well, again, thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Rena, for being here today. And I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having us. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. 
We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best Dad, you can be. Be the best dad you can be.